and opinions expressed on the Hard Time Podcast are of the hosts and guests individually. The Hard Time Podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. Human beings have thoughts and feelings that do not necessarily affect the professional performance of their duties. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. An inmate attacked a correctional officer in St. Louis County this week after he refused to go back to his cell. This is what we have to deal with, inmates like that. Everybody has an opinion to know about what goes on and stuff in here, but not times out of ten, if anybody that has anything negative to say about a correctional officer, he never even been in the facility, never been inside of the jail. They have 24-7 to sit there and come up ways to outsmart so they always want to try, but we've got to be proactive. Still remain professional and, and do a job. Officers being praised for their quick actions. Lake County Sheriff uh, says, quote, they are heroes in my books. Regular day at the office. We are recording this because uh, all three of us can't. Sometimes life just works out that way where uh, we're all available. We're all up at weird hours. Uh, so I said, what the hell? Why not? Uh, we didn't put out an episode uh, on, on schedule last week, and I didn't put one out today. Today's Thursday, the 24th, just because Deadleg was gone for a week. Somehow the guy can uh, be completely unemployed and a cripple, and he can still go on vacation and afford to go. I, I work three jobs, so I can't go on vacation. Deadleg's allowed to go. So he just got back today. He uploaded like three shows, so I didn't want to hit him too hard. Joining me tonight, as always, is Jake Motherfucker Welder from somewhere in the American Southwest. Jake, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm doing well. Much better since I got home from the most terrible place besides just the Southwest. I was just at Walmart. so I was going to say Walmart's probably worse than jail. Also joining us for no reason at all, other than we like having her here. Carly, how the hell are you doing? Oh, well, you know, just walked in the door and figured, why the hell not? Yeah, you guys are both just back from wherever you're back from, and... Just hanging out with me for no reason. Carly, where'd you just come from? Somewhere awful, like Walmart or jail? I was at a brewery. Oh, man. You're the only one here having a good time. <laughs> but uh, you were in the chats earlier. Did you uh, Did you enjoy tonight's uh, comm center? It, it was the one uh, where that crazy lady at Dallas 911 and then has to go to jail for being a bitch. I stopped about 15 minutes in oh. because that's when I got to the brewery and I had other obligations to do. I am your only <laughs> obligation. I am. I have a show one day per week. Tonight. Uh, no, it's this. I won't spoil it for you because I want you to genuinely enjoy the experience. So basically, a woman dials nine one one to threaten her uh, her significant other with because they're having some domestic violence issues. And uh, cut to the end, she goes to jail. So you know how how do you get from that situation to where you're getting locked up? It's every dispatcher's dream to see uh, uh, someone abusing nine one one. Uh, to be in the throes of uh, sadness, <laughs> to be be taken yes. to jail. So, how often do you feel like Carly? You know, since we can't comment on Cobb Center live because you're not on that show, even though you probably should be. How often? How awesome does it feel? You know, particularly since uh, when that does happen. That, because how often I send I send cops to calls, and it's just like somebody's definitely getting fucking arrested on this one. Like I literally had a, a call last week where I heard a burglary take place. I heard glass breaking, and the guy's like, "Ah, oh, get out of my house!" Nobody's arrested on that. <laughs> what the fuck, right? Like I I'm even about toning it out, I'm like burglary in progress. <laughs> like, and, and at one point, and not to like throw anybody under the bus, but like there's a lot of problems with this house right now. There's a lot of arguing and stuff. 
So I said, like, there's a domestic in progress at such and such place at such and such street. The sergeant's like, now, are you sure it's a domestic? Because we know there's a lot of, like, I could hear someone literally trying to break into the house. Like, we're, we're <laughs> in a violent situation. Nobody got arrested. You know, so how good does it feel? I'll finally let you answer the question because I'm hyped up. How good does it feel when the cops <laughs> arrest someone who's a fucking asshole? It is such a good feeling. And the frequent flyers that we would just categorize as misuse of 911, I was just waiting for the day that they actually tracked him down. It would just feel so good. <laughs> and charge them with it, right? Because I don't know how yeah. in your experience, but they never charge people with misuse of 911. We were going to once, and it's because they kept um, threatening actually the sheriff's department, not even ours. And, but we were the primary answering source before fielding the calls. So we right. kept getting our lines tied up and they were like, you don't have to keep transferring it. And it's like, well, fun story. Um, I do because that's my policy. So right. yeah, you deal with him. Yeah. That's classic that, that someone calls you and has advice for you on what to do. And we're like, you know, this isn't my first time. This is your first time ever seeing a drunk driver, but actually I've handled <laughs> lots of 911 calls like this. Also feels good when a 911 person calls about a bullshit issue, like a noise complaint or um, or a complaint about a family member, uh, and uh, they have a warrant. <laughs> yes. So you're like, a police officer will be right over to see you. And then yes. you can't say the quiet part loud or the loud part quiet and arrest you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for dialing 911 and telling us where you are, a wanted person. That's always a good feeling. I love yes. that, too. Um, no, but in this, in this call that we did on comp center that I encourage you to watch, she, she did at one point, the cops, she's like, I'm under arrest for what the cops like, well, obstructing an officer. And, uh, and he just, he's going to make, he hasn't figured it out yet. Everything he's going to hit her with. She's definitely fucking going to jail just for being a bitch. And he's just like, and uh, for false reporting and getting us over here to go deal with nothing. So if you, when, when you watch it, I, I hope you enjoy it. Cause it's, uh, it's, we should have called it like dispatcher revenge. Uh, Jake, did, I know I didn't see you in the chat. Did you see the cop center tonight, or do you just are you an audio listener, or how, how did you take that in? Uh, I, I like to sometimes call in, but not talk to you guys, and just like do heavy breathing and just listen. Oh, that's to the you, Joe. Yeah, that's me. Or or sometimes I'll just like be incognito, just watch the chat. It's it's kind of like what they did uh, on True Crime Tuesday. I'm I'm kind of the peeping tom of the chat room. You're you're uh, heavy breathing and you're also eating a lot of sandwiches, right? Mhm. Mm yeah, obviously. I'm, I'm hearing like a lot of sloppy mayonnaise sounds. Speaking of Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Carly. I hope she wasn't listening to that. She's kind of looking away. Um heard it all. Damn it. Uh that was not classy i try to be generally a little classier in front of the opposite sex what did you guys uh and just whoever answered because this is about nothing i guess what do you guys think of kendra did you like the true crime on tuesday you could also say you hated it you're allowed your own opinion i'll just edit it so that it's so that it's a nice opinion i liked it, it. Spin, yeah no yeah it was good i liked her background she seemed well researched and she played well off of uh, Tansy's antics, which isn't she, always always easy to do. No, uh, and I'll talk on that in a second. She looked a little spooky. She's a little washed out. As someone who has to have worked really hard on my background, like you guys remember, like maybe if you watched the first episode of Cobb Center or like subsequent episodes where it was too fucking cold to be in my garage. So I'm just in my fucking dining room 
like Tansy used to call me and be like, why you look like you're in a dungeon. What's wrong with you? The show's never going to go anywhere. If you look like you're in a fucking motel six, what's wrong. And I had to just explain to him like, dude, it's 35 degrees in my garage. If I'm out there for any length of time, I will freeze to death. Or like if I use my kerosene heater, um, you know, I'm going to die from fumes. And I, there was a few episodes which I had my kerosene heater going and I was loopy by the end. Uh, but it is hard to, 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 to podcast with Tansy. Uh, Carly has seen that. She's she's actually somebody here who's brought, has podcasted with Tansy. She knows. Uh, he was more serious in that episode, but I did last call this week. Um, that was uh, difficult. Did either one of you happen to catch last call? It's on my to-do list. No. I had work. I was at work. I There's like three <laughs> hours of me talking that you need to have in your life. I don't know who you're talking to or hanging out with. It should be me. Uh, that's okay. You don't you don't have to watch it. Actually, I don't think it was one of my best products. Like it's just me trying to hang in there with Tansy and he's pure stream of consciousness. And I'm I usually try to think things out, particularly out of politics first. I like to have like like a nuanced approach to things. Jake, did you uh you catch last call this week? I did. I, I don't always listen. It depends on the topic and work schedule and all that stuff. Like the right. daytime shows are a little more I have to listen later on. Uh, yeah. breakdowns I, I watch i watch all the schmedium shows not always the big ones um, yeah. but i did catch it this week i liked it i like i think you held in there with tansy and sound pretty informed on the issues i mean it's not hard to have a opinion about our a current uh current chief in the white house is is pretty pretty lame pretty difficult to uh to have a positive spin on that so it's it's really just he's just like fodder now for yeah. media and whatever whatever you call uh, last call. Uh, it it is kind of hard for me to have an opinion because years and years ago I decided that I was done with politics. I, I donated to Mitt Romney's campaign and I watched him throw the second debate against Obama, and I was and then and then I so I got out of it. And then I wanted to watch Trump's inauguration, and I wa and I watch as uh, George W. Bush and Hillary Clinton sit next to each other and they're telling jokes and yucking it up. And I'm like, these are supposed to be like the greatest political rivals of like the 21st century and their friends. This is all bullshit. They just, you know, play off of each other. Like they all, they both want to be president. I'm guessing. And yeah, there's probably some rivalry there, but like for fuck's sakes, they're all just part of the same machine. If they'll sit next to each other, you know, both of them annoyed by the fact that Donald Trump is there. So I don't like, politics i don't like dabbling and i and i found since the episode of last call i've been doing i've been reading up on shit and i have to decide now if i'm going to do it or not carly politics not a fan that's I'm, absolutely fine politics yeah i don't care miserable. either way as long as it doesn't affect my pay that's very healthy and we <laughs> we should all be that way uh you'll get no judgment from me if you ever if you ever if I come at you with a political opinion, you're just like, I do not give a fuck. I respect that because it just makes you miserable. And and this time of and this time of year is especially miserable because I have all these ideas about like, you know, can we get a, a president that's going to change things, that's going to fix things, that's going to make things better? Can gas go down, a, you know, a dollar a gallon? That would be nice. But it never goes that way. Things will never get better. It's just it's controlling how fast and how bad things get worse. <laughs> it's the best I can hope for. Yeah. So it's, it's not much. Um, and then, uh, what else do we have this week? 
Uh, yeah, I was on Thursday's show. We already covered that. So yeah, it's just, it's been an interesting week at failure to stop. Um, I was, uh, I'm taking on more duties around here, so I'm, I tend to be busier. So that's kind of why I wanted to jump on with you tonight. Did, uh, uh I didn't get any feedback about our, our trans policy episode other than, uh, to have a one or your, you know, your mom said it was good. And uh, I had a few people reach out to me actually. They don't reach like, out to me. <laughs> they're like, I'm listening to hard time. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> let's hope it's well. Tell know, us about that. Enjoyable. Because I don't get to hear. I don't know who listens to it. Nobody tells me shit. Um, Faulkner reached out to me and said that she was listening to it. And I have really horrid Internet reception at work because we're five miles south of town. Okay. And so it's like eh, it's hit or miss on whether or not I can actually see things. And so from there, I was like, well, that's cool. Um, we'll continue this quick, like conversation in a f- couple hours. <laughs> but my mom enjoyed it. She was like, finally, someone says it. Well, I don't even think we were that radical on it. Like, you know, it was a viewer request. And, you know, uh, I'm, there's some hosts of Fire to Stop who are okay with alienating people because they just want to be their true selves, which I guess you can't be mad at but it's like people are paying for patreon so i have no need to like drive them away and have them cancel so and the way i could do that is by disagreeing with them and just kind of being polite about it so i don't but i don't you know we didn't take any seriously hard takes and uh i, I didn't get any negative feedback no one reached out to me no one sent me an email i checked my email today got no emails on it so we also don't have a very big audience so just you know the science of big number states you know that if suppose you were going to have one percent of your audience be pissed off well we've only got about 100 subscribers so that would be one person and if that person just didn't care enough to reach out to me then i just i wouldn't know so jake did you uh do you have any friends that listen a hard time you have any any feedback anybody ever say anything to you about the show is it successful i i have some people who've uh sussed out my my true identity who uh, reach out to me sometimes with ideas I, i suppose we should get them a producer credit here at some point and, I don't even uh, know your true identity. I I don't know who I am anymore either. So I'm working through it. I'm trying to get there. Um, I, like I said, every week where this is what 21, I'm I'm becoming more of a caricature of myself as hard time goes on. So um, I have had a few people talk to me about it, and I mean, like you said, it's it's our target audience. It's a small group of people, and they feel similarly. I think most people have more. Um, conservative leaning values as most people do in the profession not everyone I know like I said I talked about once um, a CEO that I worked with and he actually got injured by someone at work who just threw a fit about his fucking dinner tray or something and he like lost time at work and he just he still did not be like I was like that's bullshit you know like I'm pissed off about it like six weeks later when he comes back to work and he's like Oh, I never thought of it that way. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, I'm not going to change this guy's mind. That's for sure. Because, you know, if it affects your bottom line, your family, and you, you you still don't care, then I guess, you know, that's not your value set, which is fine. You know, it's, it's America. People can believe whatever they want. But uh, I've gotten so far nothing but uh, polite um, and positive messages about hard time. But I think that's because it it is our target target audience it is the people that are interested to hear about like you said you've said before this kind of forgotten little corner of 
um, law enforcement. I, you know, I live in a small state, well, not small geographically, but small population wise in a little corner and specialize in one area. So it's a very, you know, narrow, um, a very narrow expertise that I have, but it's been nice through a hard time talking to people and stuff. And they've benefited from, we've talked about like the hiring process. I've had people reach out about things like that, questions about things like that. And yeah, um, I tried to get Dana on the show. Dana is a, a member of the Wolfpack who has spent the last year trying to get hired into, a, I believe, a detention center. Um, my correction officer friends, like one of them died and most of them are, are just kind of out of my life just because I've been gone for a while. So it's kind of too bad because I can't uh, I, I don't have any I don't get any feedback. Most of my CEO friends are kind of just a thing of the past. So hopefully uh, hopefully you guys share. It. Hopefully somebody gets a benefit out of it. I You said it was a small audience or small area of expertise. I guess I got to disagree. I think there's so many correctional officers out there. You know, I worked at the state facility. There's 200 officers there. I know not all of them care to talk about the job in their off hours, but I think a lot of people who are younger do want to talk about it. And I think like dispatchers, there's kind of a chip on their shoulder that they just get totally disrespected or discounted. And I think uh, a lot of that is uh, growing or living in the shadow of police officers because police officers are the center of attention in terms of the news media for good or bad, but they also just the center of attention in our society. You know, you'll see people with thin blue line flags, but if you ever saw somebody with a thin silver line flag, would anybody know what the hell that was? You know, did you, did you know, you, you guys know you have a color, right? Yeah. Carly, you, you know, you're I know that we have corrections week also. Yeah. You have corrections yeah. week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they actually they actually put up a sign for us this year. So, Jake, oh, yeah, do, you a, <laughs> do you have a, a thin silver line T-shirt? Uh, I ordered one, but Madge stole it. So, I, damn I it, Madge! Don't, I know I didn't. Is even Madge get to try here? Because Carly, Carly always wants to bring talk back to Madge. <laughs> Ma Madge is uh, managing the the children in the other room. So she, I, okay. she just sent me a text message of my son sleeping. So oh, if she was, she'll probably wake him up, yeah. but no, I, I, I don't keep in contact with, um, you know, we have a policy about fraternizing with people that you supervise and stuff. So outside of work, I mean, try to keep friendly relations, obviously with them. Um, but, I don't really talk to them a lot outside of work. I ran into one actually at um, two inmates and one CO at Walmart and oh. the inmate hid herself, but her face behind a throw pillow and both inmates <laughs> waved at me and said, hello. And how's it going? So, so you, have, um, you have officers who hide from you, but the inmates don't care. Is, is that what? Yeah. Story like, was? Hey, how's it going? Yeah. They're like, hey, well, what's they, up? the inmates were they all know, together. Uh, no, no, three okay. different departments of the store, three different people from three different walks of life. One, uh, gangbanger, one, um, creeper. I won't get into the specifics of that. And, uh, <laughs> and a fairly recent CEO. She's very nice, uh, newer CEO. Um, most of the people I keep in contact with are people that have moved on to other areas of law enforcement, other areas geographically and stuff. And we have, you know, a highly, highly inappropriate um, messenger thread where we send each other, you know, vulgar things about jail, football, and, you know, things like that. That's how I, how we stay in touch. 
Uh, it just shows you that Walmart is really the great consensus builder. If anyone could unite this country, somehow the corporation of Walmart needs to run for president. Um, I actually have got into conversations with liberals about how they want big government programs. And I'm like, you really know, no one has done more to lift this country out of poverty than Walmart, right? Like they employ so many people and they, they make goods because of their bulk purchasing, you know, business model that, that they can make things cheap for everyone. And so they employ everyone and they make goods cheaper. So it's like the best welfare program on earth is Walmart. And of course, they don't like that. Hey, Carly, sorry to get back into politics uh, shortly with you. Uh, Jake, are you uh, are you pretty uh, are you pretty inti you intimidating? Is that why that new officer hid from you? Or is it just, you know, you just don't want to see your boss at work or when you're at Walmart? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, uh, when she first started, all she would do when we like, I said, Hey, can you go grab so-and-so and take them here or do this or that? She would just like awkwardly giggle and then move off and, and, <laughs> and accomplish the task. Yeah, I know. Um, like I said, she's Carly, very nice. Hold very on. Sweet, Full but... stop. Pump the brakes, Carly. <laughs> what the hell's going on? I don't understand women. I can't tell you. Um, I have no idea because I've never been like that. Okay. My <laughs> only you, fear is that like something she... that a sergeant's telling you to do, yes, sir, I'll do it. Yeah. And she's giggling like <laughs> what? Does she uh she either it... likes you romantically or she thinks of you as like some sort of cartoon character? I mean that's really like... I, well, I I just made the comment because I've scared the shit out of her just like walking down a hallway and she just turns around, she's like, ah fucking christ you know <laughs> like that's not a I good sign a shit ton of keys and i'm just jail. yeah well this is after everyone's lockdown it's at night you okay. know she wasn't expecting right. to see me but i'm like i have more keys than a fucking glorified janitor on my belt and i'm a big you're dude not, walking down this quiet hallway no I, I was not trying to be stealthy at all and just like scared the shit out of her and i asked one of the other sergeants who's he's probably six three six four a uh, big guy and i just told him he's like how's she doing on shift this week and i'm like uh she's done everything we asked it's just awkward because i asked her to do something and she just like giggles and then goes and does it like she's fine you know <laughs> but uh she's she's handled every use of force we've had to do she's gotten right in there and done her thing um and i i made a comment the other night she because she just like uh one of the kids um was refusing to go in so i just went in there and used my daddy voice yelled at him and told him to go back in the room and they did and i was like see you're not the only one that's afraid of me and she's like i don't know maybe it's the beard and i was like well li like little kids they run up to me like nothing it you know but yeah when i walked down the stores of you know, like the rows of walmart with my resting bitch face people just move the fuck out of the way so Same, dude yeah I, I i've never seen your face but it's, you know i i've had uh, nightmares carly what's going on with you this week what's uh what's what just talk about your job just un unload or, or vent or something you know i don't i don't i've never worked in a women's adult correctional facility so i don't know what to ask you plus you're admin now so it's like you sold out to the man <laughs> it's like you're like ah this paperwork's getting me down you know i don't know you know it's funny because all of my friends are like oh it's so cool like we can go do happy hour we can see you on weekdays I'm still tired yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just, I, I don't know if I like being awake during the day. I like I miss night shift, yes. but I do like having the lifestyle difference. 
where like I can work out when I get home. I have enough time to make hot food. Like I'm not just eating whenever I have time and feeling like it's leftovers because you have to warm it up at work all the time. Yeah. Like, okay, this is kind of cool. I get to like eat dinner at home. I get to like sit down, like have a life. And I'm like, but now I don't have an excuse. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, I work nights. Sorry, I'm tired. We can't do yeah. anything till two in the afternoon. And they're like, well, now you work in the day. And I'm like, I still don't really want to get up at now, eight. <laughs> now you're just finding out and I won't, I'm not doxing you or even guessing. But now you're just finding out what life in a person's 30s might be like. And I don't know how many years away those are for you. Could be far away. I don't know. Uh, it's not but, far away. <laughs> but, but that's what your 30s is, is you make exciting plans. And then when it's time to do them, you're like, oh, can I just stay home? Can I just wear like sweatpants or, in, you know, my case or Jake's case? Nothing at all. Just free ball at home. <laughs> just watch TV or watch a movie. Or I don't know. Let me ask you this as an M1 dispatcher. I find uh, that what I listen to affects my mood very greatly. Like if uh, if I list, if I'm scrolling through um, Instagram or, or social media, and you know how videos just start playing now, if I if I hear a jarring sound, it actually like gets to me. And when I sometimes when I have like a uh, when I have a a bad day at work, I drive home. I don't even turn on the radio, like because I just want to hear peace and quiet. Like that's how you know. I don't like my I don't like my coworkers who try to be chatty with me. Like there's this guy that hates me. He hates my fucking guts. Like he hasn't spoken to me in years. Like he will he won't even tell me the things I needed to know to do my job. And one time he like shredded my timesheet. I found out that I like working with him because he hates me so fucking much that he won't even say hi to me. So I have eight hours of peace and quiet other than the phone and radio. It's a, it's an introvert's dream working with him which I'm introverted. But I, I I think I only really got this way after I became a 911 dispatcher that like what I'm hearing, I, I don't want to be on the phone. I only want to hear certain kinds of music. Have you, did it change you at all? Can't relate. No. Um, okay. I don't know if it's because I'm an extrovert, but okay. I, I mean, I listen to podcasts more than I listen to music. I, I don't listen to music very often because I used to choreograph dance. And oh, so yeah. now music feels like work. And oh. podcast feels like I can put my brain on the shelf and just listen to what's going on and like get into the story. Oh. Same with audiobooks. Um, I love audiobooks. So which uh, podcast do you listen to when you're not listening to John? Uh, well, obviously nothing. Duh. Um, no, I. <laughs> right. I mean, it would end up being free advertisement, but I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, Go ahead. I don't care. I listen to Unsolved Mysteries. I listen to Disappeared. 10 8 memes. Yeah, he's Ten good. Eight, um, the punk rock cops version, favorite. I've never um, heard that one. Still a still a little punk kid at heart. We'll never grow out of it. And um Poorly Made Police Podcast, hilarious. Never heard it. Um, there's there's a theme. And then I listen to like two hot takes and like just ripping Reddit and just stupid stuff and a lot of stand-up comedy. But, can I ask, can I ask yeah. you a question? Sure. And, and it's okay. I need, I, I need feedback for professional growth because I don't know if you know this, but I'm actually not a podcaster. I'm just some guy that drew a book and somehow I have a show. Wouldn't have guessed. Um, am I pretty good? Well, I'm doing okay. Or like, do I have a long road ahead or. I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't pay the bills, so I don't know. No. But I mean, 
I long live comm center mostly uh, because they're always forgotten about and you guys actually give them a voice, but thank you. Yeah. I just, this is a week that proves that nothing is forever. So I just want to know if maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm doing okay. Uh, that was kind of dark. Um, Andrea is off. She's doing her own thing. She actually had an Instagram announcement tonight that I didn't, it was right before comm center. So I didn't get a chance mm -hmm. to do it, but she's looking for, um, uh, temporary co-host for now. She wants to find people to, she kind of, I think she, and I said, I didn't watch it, but she's looking for people maybe to, to get into a groove with, do her show with, cause it's for com for podcasting. You really need a back and forth. Like I couldn't do this show. The show would have gone two episodes without someone to talk to Jake. What podcast do you listen to other than failure to stop? Assuming you listen to failure to stop at all. Jake, are you dead? Jake's dead. Uh, I'll talk about my podcast. Uh, I didn't listen to a single podcast ever until um, I saw an, an advertisement for Mike the Cop doing a, a podcast with some weird lesbian woman cop. And so I was like, uh, that's kind of a weird dynamic, but I'll be happy to do that. So I listened to Failure Stuff. I listened to the first episode, but uh, I, I got into like Unsolved Mysteries and stuff because I, I like the TV shows, but other than that, I, ha I haven't really hardly listened to anything else. Jake, are you alive? He's texting me. What do we got? Oh, he's Can you hear me now? No, start screaming. Well, Carly, I'm sure glad that you're here because uh, Jake, Jake has died. <laughs> you know, we did an episode once in which he was struck by lightning and it like destroyed his electrical grid and his internet and... and uh, I, I edited this out, but it's just me screaming, like, are you alive? <laughs> See, when you say he was struck by lightning, I pictured it actually hitting him and not it was. the area around He was him. outside for some reason broadcasting. And here's a reference you won't get at all, but it was just like the movie Powder. Nope. Okay, so that's a movie with uh, some guy. <laughs> it, it came out in like 1992. I saw it in the theater for, for some reason. It's a pregnant lady. And uh, she's outside. She gets struck by lightning. She's fully engulfed in lightning. And somehow she survives. And what makes no sense at all, of course, is that uh, the baby uh, survives. And uh, he has really white skin and he doesn't have any hair. He's got, like, alopecia. And uh, so he's got, like, weird, like, magnetic powers. And, like, he has, like, there's, like, a little electrical things about him. But he's not, like, a superhero. He's, like, super frail and weak. And everyone picks on him. And uh, I think he, I don't remember the story because I saw it when I was in like second grade, but if I had to guess on the plot and I'm just going to guess, he's accused of a crime, which of course he could not commit. And because he was too beautiful and too simple for this world, he was convicted and uh, uh, died while being chased or was put to death or one of those things. Cause it just seems like he's, he's the misunderstood kind of a fragile kid. Jake. For fuck's sakes, man, I'm talking about powder. He's popping in anew. He's at two different places at once. Jake's just start screaming at any moment. We just need like the coding sound from the hospital. It's like me, me. Uh, Carly, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just make you an offer. Would you like to be the new co-host of uh, Stop Hard Time? Because this guy's not even reliable. <laughs> I'm not going to step on anyone's toes because I like Jake. <laughs> and also, I go do things as we've stated. So I'm not always available at the same time. Um, not always available either, but, uh, you know, as I said, this is a week for, for, you know, nothing lasts forever. And I've done a couple episodes. He's texting me again. 
Is this your way of firing Jake without even having to talk to him in person? I'm going to text him right now. You're fired. <laughs> no. Carly is replacing you. For all time, which is really sad because I get the feeling like you do this because it's fun and because, you know, because you get to talk about corrections and dispatch or whatever. He seems to have a real passion for it. He's telling me recently. I can see his face. Oh, maybe I need to add, add him. He's back in. Um, it's, I, it's really weird to see, but uh, he's he's at he's adding all this technology and gear. And I, I had to tell him this week. I'm like, do you understand that Photoshop hard time does not make money? Like I get like we take the Patreon money and whether it's fair or not, guys, it gets divided up four or five ways. I don't think Jay gets any Patreon money because he doesn't do anything with Patreon, but we divide it all up. And then uh, I, I paid Jake out of my my part because he helps me do this. This is the ma main show that I do. So there's really no money in it. So Car Carly, you're you're willing to accept the job then, knowing that that's not necessarily <laughs> contingent to any any money. Jake, you I mean, got someone you got has replaced. to talk about corrections. We're yes. always forgotten. Jake, you are too unreliable. You got struck by lightning, and then something happened to you tonight. And I had to talk about a fucking movie from 1992 because you were gone. <laughs> can you still hear? Can you hear me on my phone? I can hear you. Yeah, it's okay. really weird to see you though, too. I know. You look different than I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I will just say this. Don't take this the wrong way. You're very, first of all, you're very good looking. Don't take that the wrong way. But secondly, <laughs> where did standards go? Because uh, it don't, it, yeah. But, but when I was a correctional officer, I couldn't have a beard. I couldn't have long hair. If it touched the collar, I would get pulled out of briefing every day. Is that why? Is that because you because 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 you have that going on? I I won't say what it is because I don't want to talk your physical appearance. I'm 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 just bringing bringing uh, a little bit of Mike back to the Failure to Stop podcast. You look you look kind of like um <laughs> you look kind of like a post success Mike. Sorry, that was a little like if Mike was selling realty under a bridge now. Yeah, like if Mike just never, <laughs> if Mike's ideas never caught on at the right time, like if Mike just didn't really fully make it. Uh, and Mike's really good looking, so I, I'm trying to get out of this without like directly insulting you, because Lord knows I also have a face for like Patreon, and not necessarily for YouTube. Um, no, I was circling back to something I can remember. What podcast do you listen to? Uh, I listen to the, a lot of the failure to stop stuff, not all of it, but, um, obviously com center, hard time, um, the other than that. Crime Tuesdays and stuff. Other than that, um, I listen to a lot of like, uh, fat electrician. He's like a, of yeah, he's a veteran that he does, uh, kind of brief, um, history, like world war two history and stuff, but he tells it like I would. You know, he was talking about like the Nazi Germany the other day and he was like, yeah, he goes, Nazi Germany, they built this thing. It was like half motorcycle, half tank. And he's like, and they built it just to show off that they could engineer the shit out of every anything. He's yeah. like, and they did except except a win out of fucking World War. Yes. He's like, they, they couldn't do, you know, and he's just like that throughout the whole thing. He talks about like this uh, soldier from Sweden that was high on meth and he took like everybody's fucking meth. 
Yes. And well, he, they used to distribute amphetamines to to yeah. German soldiers. Like that's just part of your daily kit. Is like wake up, shower, take take your amphetamines, <laughs> and go fight the Allies. Well, he he took the entire group's methamphetamine, and he was on skis, and then he traveled about 125 miles in four days. Wow, what a what a trip! <laughs> if you don't mind my pun, uh, what was the name of that podcast again? Uh, Fat electrician. Okay. I know the Germans do what uh, they did like to have lots of machines and stuff. Like they've got a lot of weird stuff like flying bees and things and like hovercrafts and, and all that. So that, that's, uh, that's fairly interesting. Um, I don't know guys is it, Carly doesn't do football. So I don't want to bore her cause she's uh she already like wants to be <laughs> bored with hockey, which, which the, the NHL season's got to be starting up soon. Right. Like, isn't it like October. next week? Yeah, see, I, I told it said it as a joke, but the NHL season <laughs> literally goes most of the year. Um, and uh so so you guys are starting up soon. What was your team again? You said you said it was San Antonio, right? San Jose. I was so close. One of yeah, those fans. not even in the same state, but you know, we'll give it to you. It's fine. I live in a state that people often confuse for other <laughs> states, and I'm from a state where no one can remember either. Um uh, it's funny because I'm, I'm from Virginia, right? Like regular Virginia. And every time someone mentions something about where I'm from, they around here, friends I've known for 20 years, they'll say, that's not like home back home in West Virginia, which is a huge insult to me because West Virginia is like where you would see like a five-year-old drinking Mountain Dew out of a baby bottle. Like that's the kind of state that that is, right? Like you don't, no one's wearing shirts or shoes. Very different than my state. And then when I go home, people are like, you know, what, what's it like in uh, in uh, North Dakota? I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't live there. And it's just they, they can't figure it out. So no one knows where I'm from. No one knows where I'm going. Somehow uh, I where, where I'm from and where I'm at is so far apart that no one has any consideration. So kind of the same thing there with me not knowing the difference between San Antonio and San Jose. Jose. So... <laughs> Sorry, it's it's hockey that I just can't keep up with. I uh, I only have room for one sport in my life. Um, I'll, I'll give you a few minutes, uh, Jake, because I know that you actually did want to talk about that. I haven't been watching football, but uh, I heard Stefan Diggs doesn't want to be with the Bills. Can you blame him? No, well, no, they debunked all that this week. That's that was the hot take they were trying to. Uh... You literally unfollowed Buffalo Bills on social media like three months ago. Well, you don't you don't have to because you have me to keep you up to date on Bills Mafia. <laughs> no, I'm saying Stefan Diggs unfollowed the Buffalo Bills. Oh yes, the the post post season beginning season drama. Yes, but no, there was a thing like last week or two weeks ago or something. Somebody from ESPN was saying that he was leaving the team or whatever, and he's like, Stefan Diggs addressed it directly he's like i don't know where the fuck he gets his information he's like no that's not well he has to say that though unless he wants to wind up like that guy in indianapolis who's you know nobody wants or whatever uh, on the other hand it seems to work out like how, what's jalen ramsey went from jacksonville to the rams and now he he went to the bucks i think like the guy just complains and he gets whatever he wants carly do you have people in hockey that are like prima donnas that like to control like what teams they play for or is it not even like that in hockey where people could just play wherever they want or like do hockey's like hold like open tryouts every year because like you know who wants to play that this is just like every year's like an invincible thing where they just take walk-ons and like they form like an ad hoc team or like what is no, hockey is it, there like a hockey draft 
There is a draft. My God. There's there's no walk-ons because like, you know, you have to be skilled and so you get picked. Okay, but like what's yeah. how does how does it work if you're like an undrafted free agent? Um, it depends. Sometimes they'll bring them up from the minors, sometimes they'll sign them straight out of college. It, Minor have, league hockey. Yeah. Oh. Which shockingly is fun because I don't have any major league sports in the near vicinity of me. Okay. So I've had to, you know, get real comfortable with minor league sports. Um, but you know, they fight a little bit more because they're a little bit more angsty and they have a little bit more lenient rules. Do you like the fighting? I do. I do. Why don't you just watch <laughs> fighting? Fighting's a thing. Um, yeah, but it's, it's not the same. Like the fighting is, in addition to the sport where like cage fighting just feels really fake to me. And like, I have no urge to watch UFC fighting in my opinion, if I may, I kind of interrupted you and I'm sorry. That's rude. I try not to do that. Um, I do it all the time and I apologize retroactively (laughs) and for forever to the future. But with MMA, I tried to get into that. And you see these guys that, you know, they kind of do this and then they, there's a lot of grappling and they're doing holds and they're really good at like pressure point control tactics. So like, you'll see two guys like hugging and like one of them's in extreme pain, but he doesn't scream. So you can't tell. And, and basically like eventually one of them gets them in a move, squeezing them with the legs or like, you know, doing some kind of legal version of eye gouging to the guy. And he's in so much pain. He just gives up. You know, but you can't tell because they they refuse to scream. Now, of course, like Ronda Rousey and all that. I remember when she finally lost the fight, her face was like, you know, it looked like an exploded watermelon. So, like, you got a little bit of the of the violence there. Uh, Jake, do you go in for hockey at all? Or uh, used to used to watch some hockey. Used to play a little bit of street hockey and stuff when I lived back east. Yeah, I actually did um, MMA for they had a a small club back east where I used to do. Um, spar and do MMA. And then I actually, um, after moving here to the Southwest, I did some, uh, I used to spar with a few of the probation officers and uh, I stopped getting invited (laughs) and the police officers, they didn't want to, they didn't want to join in because they were, they didn't want to, they didn't want to spar with me. So I was like, I thought the one guy was like a Marsoc Raider or something. I was like, Jesus dude, like, didn't think he would be wouldn't be down to do some sparring but i guess i assume that's a star wars thing actually at our <laughs> department of corrections we actually at one point i heard about this after the fact it would never have inv- i didn't even get invited to be on the softball team but uh <laughs> they had uh they had some kind of i don't want to call it a fight club but basically it was the correctional officers all got together and they would go to the training center and they would go down into the basement of the training center the point is it's just a space and they would meet up there and they would do some kind of wrestling or grappling shit. And somebody got hurt. And they tried to claim workers' comp, even though this was on their own time. And then they're on state property. So that brought a quick end to the officers' sparring uh, fight club type thing. Carly, you, you ever gotten into a physical fight with another human being? I know that you said there was a staff assault once. But uh, tell me, tell me about you, you grappling, grappling. And then, and then I'll tell a fight story after you're completely done. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I've been in many use of force situations, but even just doing our deten- our detention tactics, defensive tactics training, 
um, I got the joy of having a wrestling coach as my partner, um, which clearly went over really well for me. Um, although it was pretty even and I was kind of excited about that. Um, but it was the same thing. I refused to let him know that it hurt. (laughs) So I was just like, yep, I'm just going to sit there and, you know, wait until the pressure point goes until the point that I have to actually tap out. (laughs) But there was a nice little bruise the next day for like a week and a half. What was, uh, do you remember the first time when you're a brand new CEO and uh, I, I assume this moment, a moment for you was when you had to jump into a fight or, or engage physically with someone. But if if it was not that, uh, either tell me about your first fight, your physical altercation or your use of force, or tell me about the moment when you first felt like a correctional officer. Um, I, I can tell you my stories <laughs> if, if it will help you kind of understand what I'm getting at. I don't, I don't know if I had that moment where I was like, man, I am now like inducted into it. It's more just, unfortunately, a lot of my coworkers were so laid back and complacent that it was kind of basically the first sentence out of my mouth because everyone else was so laxed with the rules. And I was the only one that's like, absolutely not. You're not doing that. Hmm. And then everyone just kind of relied on me to do it. And you became a leader. Yeah. They well, they said the same thing, like they said to Jake, where it's like you walk down the hallway and you look like you mean business. And so people were just like, I'm not gonna try to ask her for anything. Like the answer is always no. I'm not gonna try to stand up to her because the answer is always no. <laughs> and so it was kind of like that same thing. And I don't know if it was just how I carried myself differently or if everyone else just got so damn complacent that it was disgusting. You have so much self-respect that I always feel bad about myself after talking to you. So I totally get that. Jake, what was your first what was your first fight like? Or what was the moment when you first felt like like you're in the silver line? Like what what made you feel like you're a correctional officer? If, well, if you when, ever had a moment like that. Yeah. When I first started, we had a group that was extremely violent. They had a whole separate pod just for them and they would like cat call and you know fresh meat and shit like that walking by so like when i got done with my training and stuff they put me with the same guy i trained with they put the two of us in that pod that was my first shift uh was just the two rookies the two brand new guys in a pod where they would have multiple fights every single day so uh, we had um, two people go for bed pass, two other people position themselves near the door. So even as a rookie, I was like, okay, something's going down. So I'm coming around the officer's desk and getting closer to them. And my partner, who was brand new, was escorting the two back into the unit and they jumped them. So it was a two on two fight and he panics and grabs the kid he just walked through the door with. So he's essentially just holding this person down now as he's getting pummeled. (laughs) So instead of grabbing one of the aggressors, so I grabbed the biggest dude there was, grabbed him from behind, and I actually had my first uh, and largest criticism and a use of force was that I picked him up from behind and actually started swinging his legs at the other one to try to get separate them. 
and then I, yeah, and then I opened a door with my elbow and went out the door backwards to get him out of there once help arrived. But, uh, yeah, call didn't go out on the radio. I don't know if it was just nerves not getting the lapel mic or what, but, yeah, there was uh, blood on the floor, blood on the walls. Uh, multiple people got stitches. It was a pretty good pretty good dust up probably two three minutes before the call even went out for help because the control officer saw what was going on so it was a pretty long protracted and it's like okay well i guess this is this is my reality now i can relate to a little bit um my first moment was like this and i've got to set the scene for you a little bit so think shawshank old prison built in the late 1800s you go downstairs from the the tiers and it's a shower room and there's it's called a gang shower you've got about if i remember properly it's 40 shower heads and they're all just three or four feet apart and they're all in just a big bank of shower heads right and uh i'm down there and i'm doing shower duty because i'm new i'm doing it with an officer uh i'm trying to remember his name uh, well, I remember his last name, but I don't like want to say who the guy was, but uh really good guy. He used to be a sergeant, kind of an old hand. Uh, and uh, where I worked, if you were if you were there for a long time, you didn't really associate with the fish cops like, you know, you weren't their friend. You, you when you're an experienced officer, you finally get to see what it's like for the new ones coming in. And you can tell right away who's going to last and who's not going to last. So we're done in the shower room working the late shift it's kind of unusual that a, in a guy with a lot of time on is even going to work that shift so it's me and him down there a fight breaks out uh it's very wet it's a tile floor there's a lot of guys in there it's very dangerous um he runs down there and all of a sudden so i don't have a correctional officer next to me anymore and i'm like i guess it's on me so i i call the code on the radio so i call the control room let them know, hey, we've got a, you know, a code three for a fight in progress in the shower room. And uh, and then uh, I did something nuts. I ran towards the fight, which I have. You guys could tell by looking at me. I've never I've never stood up to anyone in my whole life. I'm totally uh, I'm totally the dad from Back to the Future. I'm just getting my ass kicked and teased all the time. But I ran towards the fight. And I pulled some guy off and I put him over here and he stopped fighting. And then I remember I squared off with this big black naked guy. Dick and everything, rippling muscles, absolutely cut. He clearly like worked out before he ever came to prison because on the diet that we feed them, he could not get like the cum gutter abs just really ridiculously. He, he looked like he was cut out of stone. And it was me versus him. And he had this crazy vacant look in his eyes. Like I was nothing like he would go through me. And I was able to just stare him down long enough that help came and arrived. No one else uh, got, got hurt or anything. I assume some inmates got hurt or whatever. But then uh, the officer, his name, actually, this is why this is why it's stupid that I can't remember his name. His name's John. It's literally the same as me, mine, J-O-N. But I mean, he took me aside after this and he had no reason to do this because he's kind of a kind of a new guy or he's kind of a, a very tenured guy, a former sergeant. And he goes, uh, I've never seen a new guy run towards a fight like that. You know, you normally they're timid. They're scared. They wait, you know, by the stairs. They call on the radio. But I, I was in it. And I was just like, well, I'm getting I'm, I'm doing something I've never done before. 
And this guy says, I, I'm doing it and I'm, I'm doing the right thing and that I'm good at it. I kind of felt like it. But I would say the moment where I was fully baptized as a CEO was when I was called a racist for no reason. But I was clearly not engaging any racist behavior. That That's when I was uh, baptized by fire as a, as a 100% uh, correctional officer. Carly, what was your first job ever? I was a lifeguard. Okay. At, at a pool, <laughs> the beach, or... Um, I've done all of it, but initially I started at a homeowners association pool in the area and I did open water. I did river style. I did ocean by accident. Um, all water. Did you ever get like any like 12 year old boys who would fake it? Uh, no, but when I was. 15 and a half, 16, you got like the 35 year olds that are like, if I drown, will you give me CPR? And I'm like, do you know that I'm half your age and that's illegal? And also CPR is not cute. No, CPR is like, you, you should just answer like, yes, I will break your ribs with chest compressions. <laughs> right. You will throw up by the end of this. It's like, not you, like you better damn well be unconscious because I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, yeah. first job. Uh, first like job where I got like a regular paycheck. I would say whatever you paid taxes is your first job. But if you had a job before that, that was like under the table, I'll still hear you out. Yeah, no, under the table, I did, um, you know, mowing lawns and doing stuff like that. My grandfather and great grandfather owned a bunch of properties. So I did a lot of maintenance and stuff for them as probably from like 12 to like 16. And then when I was 16, I got a job doing roofing um, in the summertime. And then I had a job throughout the year at night where I did uh, like we cleaned like office buildings and stuff. That was my first job that I paid taxes on. Uh, question for both of you. I was asked this at one point when I was a correctional officer. I don't remember if it was an inmate who asked me if it was a correctional officer. In regard to your career, Carly first, are you a lifer? Like specific to my position or specific? No, just corrections. Are you gonna are you gonna do this till you retire? Um, I don't know. I have toyed with patrol. I am still finishing my degree, and I've toyed with the feds. Um, it's not looking as good to go federal with who's in charge. So, I've kind of put that on the back burner and decided maybe county or city PD instead. Um, when you say feds, which, which agency do you mean? I wanted to go FBI ever since I was little. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I wanted to do it too. And then I gave up when I realized it was hard. Uh, Jake, are you a lifer? (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm about a third of the way through if I wanted to do this until uh, retirement. So the next couple of years are going to kind of, kind of, we'll see how things go um one of the other sergeants i work with he's worked for a long time and he was throwing out possibly becoming a lieutenant again or uh, starting a lieutenant position um he was throwing that up to admin admin is going to be turning over here in a few years so they've basically said well no one else wants the job so (laughs) if you you want it and you stick around um you'll definitely get an interview at the very least so um, I think if I went anywhere else, I would probably try to get on the road. I would probably not, um, work 
in corrections anymore. I, I could see myself continuing on with um, law enforcement, but probably if I got a chance to get out, I'd probably do something different. What if you were doing patrol and they said, well, hire you right now and they're going to pay you, say, four or five more dollars an hour just because you're not certified and you're starting out. But you got to cut off that beard. What's your answer? <laughs> I, I actually did uh, trim the beard when I... Uh, not trim. To... You got to shave. For some reason, you worked with the, for the last guy in wherever you're at. These is, you got to have a clean appearance. You could have a mustache. Uh, go with the porn stash and that's it. No. Well... I you can have nothing. Did Madge say no? Madge said no. No. She's like, no, not ever again. No, the, the mustache was okay, but fuck no. <laughs> Thank so, you, Madge. Madge in. But no, when I first applied for the local uh, sheriff's, sheriff's office, I actually had, you had to be clean shaven. Um, but now they allow beards and tattoos and all that good stuff. They've gotten pretty cool, but yeah, but I, I grew my beard out mostly just, just to see if people were paying attention, if they cared. And then I uh, just grew to like it. And then the administrator we have now actually tried to grow out a beard to rival mine. So, I, but yeah, it's basically cause I do what I want. They're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're not getting rid of me. Um, you know, they know. You know, like shit. You want me to wear a mask again? Fuck you. Like, no, I'm not doing it, and I'm not. I'm not shaving the beard. I don't know. I could not imagine working in a correctional environment with a mask. I I think we talked about that earlier, Jake. Did we, or did, was it with Abby? I can't remember. Carly, what are you going to be for Halloween? Um, I'm toying with a couple, and I have a couple different options. We'll help you decide. But, well, the thing is, I'm like, do I match Beignet? Because she's a prisoner every year. And she'll continue being a prisoner until she loses a costume contest. So, yeah. <laughs> Don't even come for her. <laughs> I lost a costume contest once. And then I just never entered another contest again. So your dog constantly winning Halloween costume contest. It's just one more accomplishment that your dog has than I do. But she also has a Chucky costume and it has like the little floof hair at the top. That's super cute. And I was like, so do I go as Jason or Freddy? Go ahead and weigh in on that one, Jake. Jason's way cooler than Freddy. I mean, I, Freddy's like your dreams, but he's the man of your dreams. But I, I, yeah, Jason Voorhees, I mean, he has the mommy issues, but other than that, um, big fan of Jason Voorhees. But also, how easy would it be to be Michael Myers? Just wear overalls. I was, yeah, yeah. coveralls. Yeah, I, I, we actually <laughs> took a nine one one call once about a guy wandering around town dressed up as like Michael Myers. I'm like, you realize he's trying to draw attention to himself, right? If he wanted to murder you and your family, he would just look like everyone else. You really want to be afraid? Check out the registered sex offenders in this town. <laughs> Don't be afraid of the guy dressing up like Michael Myers. But um, Jake, what are you going to be for Halloween? That's a really big commitment if you want to be Michael Myers. That means you have to chase the same woman for like 44 years straight. It's true. I'll what, just what, chase Beignet. <laughs> Jake, what's your, what's your, are you big into Halloween? Both Carly and I are pretty much Halloween people. Yeah. When we did the, was after having kids and stuff, we got into it more. So um, we did Stranger Things last year with the kids. So I was thinking about doing uh, Star Wars this year. 
So I might have, I might be able to wear a mask to cover the beard. Yeah. No, I don't want to be something lame, lame, like, you know, a, like a, like play for the Dallas Cowboys or something. Oh, that was the costume I was wearing when I lost. <laughs> Shocker. Shut, shut up. Why, everyone shut up. This is my podcast. <laughs> it was actually a, a couple's costume and uh, my other, my other half at that time, uh, uh, we deserve to win. We lost to some fucking Gilligan's Island thing, which is how you know we were in a bar for old people. We should never have been there. We should have been somewhere else. But so, and was intercepted. Were you Dak Prescott? I was actually, uh, if you must know, I was uh, Bill Bates. Oh, okay. All right. I was you don't know who that is, so. No, I don't. I, no. I, Romo and and the uh, what's his name with the cutoff shirts, and that's about all I know about the Dallas Cowboys. I was uh, safety Bill Bates from Tennessee. I played for the Cowboys for many years. He's the hard, known as the hardest hitting Dallas Cowboy. Doesn't matter to you. I deserve to win that contest. I went all in. Um, I don't. I don't. This year, I, I requested off for Halloween, but like now, I live in a small town, so I don't know if what I'm going to be able to do for Halloween, um, other than like maybe just hand out candy to any alleged children in this town there's so, so this i like live in a little stephen king town where like you never see anybody ever like you'll drive around all day and it's just like everyone in the town's a vampire except me you know i know well, so i never see you it's, i don't know if there's kids in this town or not there's not there's a school right but you should get a bowl of candy just in case the children of the corner are there there's definitely corn, but I I don't know what I'm gonna do. It, it might be the spookiest Halloween ever. I'm kind of hoping for that. You know, you always you always pray for a spooky Halloween. A couple years ago, um, we took a 911 call. With, there's a corn maze out here, and they do they're up from September through uh, October, like July. You know, Halloween's their last night, and then they they harvest it all November first, um, or they cut it down if there's no corn. But uh, we took a call, a 911 call, that there was someone terrorizing the people at the corn maze, and I, I hang up the phone. I'm like, it's a Halloween miracle. You know, you, you just, you, you always hope for something like that. And of course, it never happens to you. You're just, you're, then you're taking the 911 call that it's happening to someone else. You guys ever, you guys ever had like a legitimately scary, like Halloween or, or just like creepy moment like that? That's, uh, that you remember fondly being ter terrorized because as, as a correctional officer i'm not scared of shit anymore like you said earlier like no one you as a correctional officer you shouldn't be jumpy no one can scare me someone will like leap out from behind me or do something and just be like i have seen a man's innards pour out in front of me this is nothing you know if you, you guys get scared by anything anymore do you have anything like that i love haunted houses so i am super stoked when they do actually scare me like I went to the one here that was very well done, except there was a section of it that was pirate themed and the lady holds the revolver like dead up to you. And I was like, sweet, I don't have to go to work tomorrow. And <laughs> she was just like, man, next, like it was yeah. the letdown. And, but there was one that they were dressed up like a ghoul and they did like a somersault in some fog. And I just legitimately did not see it happen. And then they popped up in front of me and I wanted to high five them so bad because it scared me. And I was stoked. I'm like, that's what I paid for. <laughs> nice. Jake, do anything. You said you didn't get into Halloween until you had kids. So I guess you're not doing anything terribly terrifying. Yeah, no, we do like the, the pumpkin patch and stuff like that. Nothing super scary for uh Halloween. I did have back when I was, uh, doing cleaning and stuff. I had somebody try to sneak up behind or scare me. And he was like standing behind a door. 
and it was this little guy who was maybe 110 pounds soaking wet so he like jumped out of this trash can and he tried to do like a roundhouse kick mid-air so i just like grabbed his heel and just pushed it up so he ended up like falling on this tile floor like neck first like i don't know how the guy didn't fucking die and he's like he's like What'd you do that for? I was just trying to scare you. I'm like, what'd you do that for? I almost fucking killed you. Like, <laughs> got to know, know your audience. Um, when I was yeah. a kid, I actually went to grade school in a Mennonite grade school. So like very uh, hardcore, conservative, uh, Christian, you know, uh, the women, all the, you know, all the women are supposed to wear dresses and uh all, you know, wasn't quite as conservative as like, the, you know, the men and women sit on different sides of the church. But it was very, 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 very Mennonite-y as, as you know, just imagine whatever you want just in terms of conservative Christian sex. Um, they had a, they had a, 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 back then we still called it a Halloween thing. We didn't call it like trunk or treat or the stupid shit that they do now. But it was a harvest festival, but it was Halloween and you dressed up in costumes. No big deal. They had a haunted hayride. And they had a, they would do, go out into the soccer field. We had this huge field behind the school. You do the haunted hayride. Absolutely wonderful. They had these Mennonites running around with leaf blowers, screaming at you. You thought they were chainsaws because you were a kid. Scared the hell out of me. So you have these like really, really conservative Mennonites who like have like this weird like side of them that they just have to get out. It's almost like the purge or like the red hour in a movie where for just one night they would let their freak flag fly. I don't know if they they do that anymore. Jake, in reference to your uh, your kung fu battle, there, my sister is three years older than me, and at one point she hit a growth spurt. She got significantly taller than me, you know, head and shoulders taller than me, and uh, she she we had, we had a lot of family violence, and a lot, some of it wasn't funny, but some of it was. And she used to do this thing when she was taller than me. She she uh, had long legs. She liked to kick me in the fucking face. She kicked me in the fucking face, right? But then I turned fifteen. And then one day she's we're we're gonna fight for whatever reason I don't know why. She fucking gets ready to Chun Li me, but I'm I'm ready for it. I grab her, and I got her foot. I'm like, well, I own you now. <laughs> you know what are you gonna do? And I I push back and forth on her foot. She's like hopping up and down. I'm like you're mine now. I so she uh she lunges forward and grabs onto me, and she's like punching me and clawing me and all this. I'm like I'm sick of it. You've been beating me up my whole life. So I go outside and I got my sister on me. I throw her off into the yard and she's, ah, and I go inside. She's like 18 at this point, by the way. I go inside and I lock the door. I was finally the man of the house. I, she wasn't seriously hurt. The cops didn't call, come or anything. It was just a, a fight between siblings. And I'm just like, but that's when we realized, like, it's over. It's ridiculous that we're still fighting at this age physically. We're not, you know, it's we're brother and sister. Where, you know, I shouldn't be laying a hand on you, but don't fucking kick me in the face. Like, just step up your word game. Like, we, we, I started to get better at it because she, you know, she was saying something, and you guys know I have a little bit of a mouth on me. This is the moment when I became a mouthy son of a bitch, and I it didn't know it was inside of me. But she goes, uh, "Do you know? Uh, do you know? Do you know? Whenever you, whenever, uh, whenever you speak, words come out." And and I said, do you know, whenever you talk, it smells like cock in here. 
and we in my family we didn't swear we didn't give the finger we didn't do any of that we did fight physically but we never had like a moment we never we never like crossed the line and swore at each other for whatever reason i don't know why weird family dynamic but i finally i finally said that she's like whenever you open your mouth words come out and like that was like a hard hit as far as we concerned and i just laid her down like whatever whatever you whatever you open your mouth it smells like cock in here so that was the end of her and and uh we're not friends to this day <laughs> so I think that explains that. Um, we're a little over an hour. I think we talked about everything. Unless you guys have anything else, I'm just going to close it out and save uh, more correction stuff for another day. You guys got got anything? Uh, well, do you want to say hi to Madge real quick before we go off? Yeah, yeah. Carly, yes. you want to meet Madge? Don't yes. Hi, Madge. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, tired as fuck. Uh, I have a Halloween one. I only went to one uh, corn maze and a fucking clown with an actual chainsaw chased me through a fucking tunnel and I fell and I was just laying there screaming at 12 years old while it was standing over me and I'll never go again. Uh, you guys should check out. There's a show uh, from Comedy Central. I'm not sure what platform it's on now, but it's called Nathan for You. Anybody ever seen that? No, this is before COVID, but he wants to create uh, he, it's his uh, it's a comedy show. But on the show, he goes around and approves businesses. So like bar rescue, but it's for any business. But okay. the premise of the show is he has the worst ideas. So there's this failing haunted house that, that it's got all just cheap jump scares. It's not very scary. They don't even have good effects. So he's like, well, we're going to we're going to change your haunted house so that it's like we're going to we're going to sell it as the scariest haunted house in the city. Like we're going to have people sign waivers and all this. So they get two people on. <clears throat> And they go through it. It's a, it's a decent haunted house. But then they get to the end and uh, one of the you know actors jumps out and, and touches one of, the, one of the. She goes, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Are you OK? And she goes, yeah, I'm fine. She goes, um, I have to get the manager. So the manager comes and then they're like talking. And then uh, so then so then they come out and like, OK, so unusual situation here. But uh, one of my actors is just as close to me that they actually have this um, unusual virus that's like very transmittable like even through like casual touch and uh if she touched you we're just concerned that maybe you might have been exposed so like so they're like oh that's weird it's like do you care if we just have a you know an ems unit just come by and just check on you and she goes no that's fine so they open the back door and they have to go through a fucking like like plastic tunnel and get into an ambulance and the guys have hazmat suits and like they're playing it up this whole time that it's like this seriously lethal disease and they're at the hospital for like four hours no. And uh, and and uh, the doctor comes out and he goes, "I'm so sorry, but the tests are positive. Like and like this is a terminal illness." And she's like, "Oh my god!" And then and then the host of the show comes out. He goes, "Were you scared?" <laughs> That's so messed up. But it just shows them like waiting in the waiting room, the ambulance, and like the the husband and the wife are like talking. Like this is really weird. And hours go by, and they like they tell her that like she has a fatal disease, and that's like the final scare of the haunted house. Just watch Nathan for you sometime. All the episodes are like that. Like he does an ice cream one where, in order to attract people, he he he's gonna have poop flavored ice cream, and has a company like make it specially flavored as poop. All right. I'm going to hang up now. Madge, always good to uh, talk to you. That's Carly. She's a big fan of yours. She enjoyed your episode. So nice to see you, Carly. You too. Yes. Uh, we'll we'll do another team up with all four of us and possibly more soon. Uh, we need to uh, give uh, we need to give life advice to Will Cray at some point. We need to uh, give him advice on, uh, on dating and, and life and marriage because he's 23. And there's probably some experience in this room on how to how to date and 
find love or how to be happy without it. So uh, I might hit you guys up for that. Otherwise, I'm going to let you guys go. It's late everywhere where you are, I'm sure. Thanks for uh, joining me tonight. Hope you guys have a good night. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye. Bye there. Bye. Have like a regular goodbye. Goodbye, Madge.